Welcome to the New England Law Review Honor Man Podcast. I'm Volume 50's Executive Online Editor, Brandon Airy. The New England Law Review is the flagship publication of New England Law Boston, which is located in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. To learn more about our institution, visit the website at nesl.edu. And to learn more about our publication, go to newinglrev.com. On our website, you can find our most recent blog posts and most recent issue of the New England Law Review. Today, I am joined by Professor Paul Tyke. He's a professor here at New England Law Boston to discuss his article regarding near-term employment of law graduates in the United States. Professor Tyke, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. To start off our discussion, could you give our listeners a brief description of what your article discusses? Yes. News commentators and online commentators who follow the law school world during the past several years have reported that the employment prospects of law school graduates are poor, really bleak, and it's widely believed by Americans generally that they're bleak. I believe, though, that the employment statistics that reporters use to draw their conclusions, they're misunderstood. And barring an economy-wide catastrophe of the level of the 2007 recession, that the employment prospects of graduates are really very good. They're exceptionally good. There's going to be a shortage of law school graduates in only two years, while the hiring of the graduating class of 2017 is going on. And for that reason, because of the shortage, the salary offers that are likely to be made are going to be quite good also. So the article makes the case that I've just described, that the near-term employment prospects of law school students in the U.S. are surprisingly positive. And in the article, I talk about employment and income data that have to do with recent graduating classes, and I draw conclusions from the data. Well, I think that's good news for anybody listening out there. Yeah, (laughs) anybody who's concerned about their employment prospects and who's a law student. Right. Professor Tyke, what interested you in finding out what kind of job prospects there would be for law students in the near future? You know, I think law faculty members, they need to stay aware of hiring trends for planning purposes at law schools. Uh, When applications drop to law school, fewer people enroll, obviously. There's fewer uh, course sections that are needed. The average class size drops of the courses that are run, scheduling changes, the curriculum often changes as low enrollment courses are eliminated and the reverse occurs when applications go up, course scheduling can change, and law faculty have to know about what's coming in the near future to plan, but also students want to know about their near-term futures. They need to plan about job applications, how many that they might need to send out, whether they're going to need to send them out to remote states, what hiring is like in different regions of the country. And really, every school needs people who follow hiring trends. I I think maybe I could also mention that I published an article in 2013 about the economics of law practice. And in doing that article, I gathered information about demand for legal services and about hiring trends. And while I was looking at that information, it struck me that hiring might, at that point, certainly be misunderstood. And so when I looked into it, I thought there's a basis for another article. How did you come to the conclusion that there will be more jobs available 
in 2017 than graduates? Yeah, it's, you know, it's easier to explain than you might think. I think there's three key facts that are relevant. And the first of those is that since before the recession started, it officially started in 2007, the annual number of law graduates who are employed nine months after graduation has stayed roughly constant. It hasn't fallen. It stayed roughly constant at about 37,000. That number, that annual number, hasn't deviated by much more than 3% plus or minus from 37,000 over the years uh, since 2006. I don't think that's well understood by commentators. I don't think it's well understood by law faculty and uh, law school administrators. So that's one fact, if you keep the 37,000 number in mind. And secondly, uh, the last two national entering classes have each contained fewer than 38,000 entering students. In the entering class of 2014 contained 37,900, and the entering class of 2015 contained 37,100. The great bulk of the students that entered in those two years, they'll graduate three years later than their entering date, that is in 2017 and 2018. And just considering those two facts, not three, that I've just mentioned, any person might think, well, that already sounds good, that there's likely to be as many jobs waiting for people as there are to be graduates. But there's a third important fact. A sizable percentage of each class that enters law schools in the United States, they don't ever graduate. There's about 11% attrition rate for entering classes. And that's for many reasons. It's not just academic failure at all. Students drop out, often very soon after they enter law school, to pursue other jobs, to pursue jobs, I should say, or other graduate programs. And they withdraw intending to return sometimes, but just the demands of daily life overtake them, and they never return. And then some are academically dismissed. So taking that into account, that number, 11%, has also been very constant over the last decade. If you take that into account, that means that in 2017 and 2018, respectively, only about 34,000 and 33,000 students are going to graduate. And again, assuming no economic catastrophe, which in my way of thinking is unlikely, then there'll be roughly 37,000 jobs waiting for those people. There's going to be a shortage of law school graduates. The media has generated a great deal of negative attention on the fact that law admission rates and employment rates are down. Why has there been little mentioned about what you conclude that there will be more jobs available in the near future, if that's what the numbers say? When you look at commentary about law school admissions, you, you notice that reporters and even faculty who comment on the situation, they fail routinely to take into account the reality of law school attrition. It's not on the public's radar and it's not on most insiders' radar, even. You have to have experience with a kind of an arcane area of law school statistics gathering and who does it, who does it reliably, where you can find statistics that have been gathered about the law school world. And it's tough to get that information, and I think it's just been overlooked. But it's enormously important when you try to make a realistic projection of how many people are going to be graduating in near-term years also, I think commentators, they don't tend to use information about how rapidly schools in the last six years have been shrinking the size of incoming classes. In fall of 2010, the size of the national entering class was about 52,500 students. 
only five years later, which is the most recent time for which you can get information, the size of the entering class was 37,100, as I've already mentioned talking to you today. So the size of the 2015 class was about 30% smaller than the size of the 2010 class. And commentators don't take special note of the fact that law schools have been aggressively reacting to shrinking in the size of the hiring pool and also have been reacting to the shrinkage in the size of the applicant pool. The applicant pool has decreased by more than a third since 2010. So law schools have reacted to that, and they've shrunk their entering class size. The shrinkage of the class size, the entering class size, is really going to be the driver of the good employment situation for graduates in coming years. Professor Tyke, do you think that admission rates will return to normal once this information becomes available and employment trends are depicted as favorable again? Yeah, I think that the size of the applicant pool is going to grow again pretty soon. That is the size of the applicant pool. And next year or the year after, there's already pretty good indications that declines in the size of the applicant pool are leveling out, and they're likely to swing upward. As good news about the employment situation comes out in the media, law schools will be able then to admit more applicants who are good applicants and likely to succeed. And I think, though, I should say something about what's been normal over the past many decades. What's been normal since at least 1960 is that the size of the entering class at law schools was gradually increasing decade after decade after decade as the employment picture improved for law school graduates. The number of applications really rose consistently with the increases in the size of the hiring market, and that has temporarily changed with flattening of the hiring market. And so once the flattening of the hiring market, in I'm just guessing, and I don't think anyone can do more than guess, but I'm thinking that that flattening is going to continue to exist for another two to three years. That is, there'll continue to be maybe 37,000 jobs on average available to people. So I don't think law schools have the latitude to quickly increase enrollments. But they will, because of this shortage, which will become apparent, they will be able to increase nationally, entering class size by probably, I'm just guessing, say 3,000. So you might get into a situation in two or three years where the entering class size nationally is, instead of 37,000, which it is about now. It'll grow to maybe 40, the low 40s, 41, 42. Maybe you could even have 5,000 person increase and still have a pretty robust hiring situation for graduates. Past that point, I think it's gonna depend on how fast the economy grows in the United States. When the economy starts growing again, there'll be more hiring of lawyers, then there'll be more applicants, and the law schools will expand entering class size. For 200 years, there's been economic growth in the United States. I just really don't doubt that there's going to be more rapid growth. Presumably, first-year law students would want to know that they made the right decision to come to law school. Here at New England Law, you teach property to one else. Have you ever touched on this issue in any of your first-year classes? I talk about employment in the area of property law with students in property class, and I sometimes get into the overall employment picture. But one of the reasons I wrote the article is to be able to communicate with more law students about it. 
and also to try to reach other people, other that is, people other than students in the law school world. Hopefully, uh, some of the information will prove to be useful to them for planning purposes. Professor Tyke, again, your research has led to the conclusion that when the graduates of 2017 have finished law school, that there will be more jobs available than graduates. Right now, I am a 3L at New England Law Boston, <laughs> graduating this year sure. in 2016. Sure. Do you think that this trend will also benefit students like me who graduate before 2017? I happen to know that about 41,000 students entered law school in 2013, the year you entered. And based on what I've already said, I predict that about 89% of them are going to graduate. So a quick calculation makes me think that'll be about 36,500 people will graduate. So I think the employment market will be very good for people in your graduating class. But, you know, to take, I'm talking about the national employment picture. To take full advantage of that, students everywhere are going to have to be sometimes willing to move from their preferred destinations so that they can take advantage of particularly good hiring markets in certain regions or in certain states. And I believe that if people are willing to move sometimes when they need to move, that they'll face uh, quite good employment prospects. That's good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> good. Again, thank you for joining us, Professor Tyke. Additionally, our recently published Volume 49, Book 4, is now available on our website under the Current Issue tab. Information about our forthcoming Volume 50, Book 1, is available under the forthcoming tab as well. Also be on the lookout for new content from New England Law Review Honor Man, coming soon with Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Garyuppi's article discussing executive war powers. I'm Volume 50's executive online editor, Brandon Airy. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more from the New England Law Review Honor Man podcast.